Well, normally when we have um, a sparse crowd, I'd invite you all to come up and get closer together, but I guess that's not the thing to do, is it? I read um, where Rudyard, Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling, who was a successful writer and a poet, was approached by a newspaper man one day, and he said, Mr. Kipling, I read that somebody calculated that the money you make from your writings amounts to over a hundred dollars a word. He kind of lifted his eyes and said, uh, really, I wasn't aware of that. So the reporter reaches down into his pocket and pulls out a $100 bill, gave it to Kipling and said, here's a $100 bill, Mr. Kipling. Now, would you give me one of your $100 words? So Kipling looked at the $100 bill for a minute, then he took it and he folded it up and he put it in his pocket and he said, thanks. <laughs> and you know, that's a $100 word. Actually, it may be closer to a million-dollar word. You know, it's a word that, that, that we need to remember. If we could just adapt our lives and adopt an attitude of thanksgiving in everything we do. Uh, so we come to Thanksgiving in 2020, and I just ask, how, how do we have a heart of Thanksgiving in 2020? Put in the best light, 2020 has been an interesting year. Now that's the best light. One year ago, when we took time out for Thanksgiving, we had no idea what was ahead of us. We had never heard, I'll, I'll bet not a single one of us had ever heard of Wuhan, China. <laughs> Didn't even know it existed. And most of us, medical people accepted, of course, had never heard of a coronavirus. I didn't know what a coronavirus was and never even heard of it. And yet we were two months, less than two months, from knowing all those words and three months from having it totally mess up our lives. What, what do you think, when you think about 2020 and the pandemic and the coronavirus and, and all of that, what was the worst thing for you? And that's a question I'll give you time to answer. What was the worst thing, Brother Mike? You know, you're, the uncertainty of being able to provide for your family and the uncertainty of even if you did provide for your family, were they going to be safe? <laughs> were they going to survive? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The, the uncertainty about uh, being able to work and provide. Somebody else? For you, it was five weeks of quarantine, huh? <laughs> In the last two weeks. <laughs> two weeks of quarantine. No, I think I was, I wasn't scared because I, I really didn't think it was as bad as it was. So I was living in make-believe world. But it's bad. It's not good. Somebody else? Homeschool. 
having to homeschool grandkids. <laughs> has its joys, but it's, uh, I mean, it's fun to see them learn and that kind of thing, but it's uh, all-consuming. Somebody in the corner? Um, I, I think that the scariest thing for me is if I had and I didn't know about it and I gave it to like my grandma or something. I'm sorry, I can't hear you, hon. If I had it and I didn't know it and I gave it to someone and then... Okay. Worried about being asymptomatic and giving it away to somebody else. What about you guys that are online? Anybody want to pipe in? If you do, you've got to unmute yourself, tell me what was bad, and then I'll tell everybody else what you said because they won't be able to hear you. Come on, Marge. I know you always have something to say. <laughs> you have to unmute yourself first. Then make it how loud you yell at me if you don't unmute yourself. I can't hear you. was Miss Sydney that said that said that uh, she repeated what you said Sydney about uh, being afraid she might have it and give it to somebody else and also not being able to socialize with people anybody else thing I saw that concerned me is just to see the difference in the fear of people that didn't know the Lord or could trust the Lord and he was in control and then the peace they brought to the Christians and even bringing people closer to the Lord, even something that worked in their life. Okay. The difference in attitude between people who have a secure future in Jesus Christ and those who don't. Somebody else? You know, another thing that's really struck me from um, pretty much the beginning of this is our current perspective on what constitutes a crisis. And I'm not saying that this is not a big deal, but when you look back, even in just the 20th century, what our parents lived with, what our grandparents lived with, this is not a crisis of compared to where we have been and what they what they lived through, what was very common for them. Uh, you know, what Roger and I were talking the other day about remembering when polio vaccines came out. You know, our parents were scared to death we were going to get polio. And we knew kids who had it. And, um, but we have no tolerance anymore because we are so well taken care of. We're so blessed. The, um, I made a list of things that that were uh, on my top ten. Probably the biggest one was having to cancel church and then not knowing what we were going to do and the disruptions and the things Mike and I went through to try to to try to 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 maintain uh, and it's you know it bides till today you know 
the it, it was tough and it is tough uh the first thing that got me was they canceled March Madness. <laughs> I mean, 61 basketball games I didn't get to see. Um, and then the Major League Baseball season and delaying it, then only 10 teams. You know, the school mess has, has, been, a, has been a difficulty. Uh, not knowing what, what's next. I feel I feel sorry. I feel sad for those kids that are in high school that are missing their high school years. Uh, you know, Sydney, I'm, I'm sorry. What what all you have to do without? Maybe it'll get better. Yeah. Um, one of the things that was was worse for me was, you know, I hurt my back, and I was in tremendous pain. But I couldn't get in to see anybody. I couldn't get in to see anybody about about the problems with my back. I couldn't get any relief. Uh, the only person we got in to see was Barb. Mark, Bar- Barb and Mike came through with a little bit of help. But uh, finally, I, I you know I I got to see a doctor only by going to an emergency room and just going in and say, hey, you got to do something for me. And then I found out it was just more than my back. Uh, We've canceled vacations. We've had to cancel family visits. Probably the worst part is the people who've gotten the virus. You know, I I know very few people personally who have gotten it. I don't know anybody who who has died because of it. But, uh, you know, we we have to think about that as well. And, And now... They want us to cancel Thanksgiving. Can you beat that? Uh, don't travel. Don't celebrate with people outside the people you live with. And other people, in other words, the people you're already so tired of, you want to scream, they're the only people you can have Thanksgiving with. And if you do have a gathering, don't eat. What, what, kind, of, what kind of recommendation was that? And if you do eat, according to the L.A. Times, this is a recommendation from them, if you do eat, don't eat pie. (laughs) Beats me. Beats me. Don't have pie. Have cookies. Uh, And yet, if you look back at all of those things and and, and all the things that we've talked about, you, you can find a reason and a way to give thanks in those. And thanksgiving and giving thanks is at the very heart of the gospel. It, it, in, in gratitude was at the very heart of the fall in the first place. Paul says, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. And so Paul says that it was a lack of thanksgiving that was the primary reason that we need grace to begin with. In 2 Corinthians, Paul said, For all things are for your sakes. Now listen. So that the grace which is spreading to more and more people, in other words, 
more and more people are receiving the gospel, it may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. That's kind of what you said, John. You know, when, when a person comes to know Christ and he receives grace, he has an attitude of thanksgiving. It, it, it's just there. It just comes out. And, and the word grace, and, and we've talked about this, but, but the word grace is the Greek word charis. Uh, in the Anglicized version, C-H-R-I-S, charis. Uh, the word for giving thanks is eucharis. In other words, it's the same word. It just has a, a, a prefix and a suffix added to it. And, and uh, probably none of the translations translate it this way, but... And, and far be it for me to try to suggest to them how they translate things, but I do have to wonder why we don't translate eucharista or the giving of thanks that we don't translate it as gratitude. Give gratitude. Because eucharista, giving thanks, has grace right in the middle of it. And gratitude, what's the difference between gratitude and thanks? Thanks is when you look at the gift and you're thankful for the gift. Gratitude is when you look at the giver and you have gratitude to the giver for what they have given to you. And so that's how come Paul can say, so we give thanks that abounds to the glory of God. How do we give thanks? that abounds to the glory of God. Well, now that I've already given you Scripture in Romans, Scripture in, in uh, 2 Corinthians, I want us to look at our Scripture today. It's the 100th Psalm. Uh, psalm 100, it even says it in there, a psalm of thanksgiving, a song of thanksgiving. And it's a song that the Hebrews sang when they brought their offering to the Lord, when they brought their thanksgiving offering to the Lord, their thanks offering to the Lord, they sang this song. And, and here's what it says. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. You know what let's do? Let's, let's do this together. You, you don't have it. I didn't get it up here so you, you could read it. But I'm going to say a line and I want you to repeat a line back to me. Okay? And I'm going to look at you guys to make sure your mouths are moving. Okay, even though I can't hear you. All right? Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord Himself is God. Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Give thanks to him and bless his praise. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. 
and his faithfulness to all generations. That's the sound of thanksgiving. That's the sound of it. It's praise. Shout joyfully to the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. And it signifies a glad shout, like, like the shouts that subjects might give when their king appears before them. Did you ever shout for joy? Did you ever just say, yippee? Come on, let me see you. You're Baptist, I know, but you can do that. Yippee! Yay! You know, we can be glad. We can shout with joy. There's nothing wrong in our getting vocal in our praise of God. It, it's the sound of thanksgiving, a joyful noise. And then he's, it, it's universal. It's all the earth. It's the voluntary praise of our Creator is for us as Christians, but it's really for all the world. The world will never be proper. It will never be in its proper condition till we learn to adore and praise and shout joyfully to the Lord. I read about a, a prominent American who was visiting Argentina. And the president of Argentina asked him, why do you think South America has done so poorly and North America has done so well? What do you think the reason is? And here's what the American visitor replied. And you can agree with it or not, but this was his reply. He says, I think the reason is found in the fact that the Spaniards came to South America seeking gold, while the Pilgrim Fathers came to North America seeking God. And that's a difference. Yet, if we were to stop and consider just for a minute the state of affairs in our country today, if we didn't already have a Thanksgiving tradition, we wouldn't be able to get it passed. We wouldn't be able to get it. Um, it, it would just, it'd be a fiasco to try to do something as saying, let's set aside a day to say thanks to God for everything he's given us. Can you imagine? Uh, as a matter of fact, we're kind of having to fight to keep it. Uh, yeah, and, and part of the reason is because we're just not a thankful people. You know, many Americans, many young Americans especially, have been told that we don't have anything to be thankful for. And many of our friends and our neighbors have forgotten, forgotten who God is and what it's about. And our observance for Thanksgiving has become very perfunctory. We have more to be thankful for than any people, anywhere, any place, any time in the history of the world. Especially we have more to be thankful for than those early settlers in Massachusetts who started Thanksgiving. They didn't have the Wuhan virus, but half of them died the first winter they were here. So shout joyfully all the earth to the Lord. Shout joyfully a word of thanks. And then... In the second verse, he goes not just to the shouting of joy, but to the action of thanksgiving. What is the action? Uh, he says, serve the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. He is our Lord. He is to be served. He is our gracious Lord. He's to be served with joy. Uh, and that word service is the same word 
that's translated in other places, worship. Service and worship go together. We think of them as two different things, but actually they're the same thing. Serve the Lord with gladness. Worship the Lord with gladness. That They're the same thing. And, you know, we don't always, you know, we're not always a good example of it. Uh, we talk about serving the Lord. When Jesus was in the wilderness, when Satan took him into the wilderness to give him the three temptations, Satan offered to give Jesus the kingdoms of the world. He said to Jesus, if you will worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. Let's read it. The devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, go away, Satan, for it is written. Now listen to his words. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only jesus added service to worship satan i can't worship you unless i serve you and i serve only god i worship and serve only the father service is a part of our worship it's a part of our gladness it's a part of our thanksgiving when we serve the lord with gladness you know we've been studying moses think think about it just just for a minute uh, we'll get back to moses next week but uh, we, we've been looking at Moses and talking about Moses and thinking about Moses. Uh, but, you know, we talked about God speaking to him from the bush and asking him to go and serve him in Egypt, go and let the people go. And Moses didn't want to go. He, he said, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go. And so... If Moses had failed to go, if, if God would have granted him his prayer or his request, think of what Moses would have missed. He wouldn't have become the leader of a great people. He, he wouldn't have ever seen the pillar of fire at night or the Shekinah glory of the cloud in the daytime. He, he would have never had that rod and seen it turn into a serpent and seen the water turn to blood. He would have had no experience of the wonders that we talked about last week or the week before about the miracles that happened to the people in the wilderness of sin, the feeding with the manna and the feeding with the quail and, and God's marvelous provision for them. He would have never been able to stand on the shore of the Red Sea and part it and see God's mighty power as the people cross through the sea on dry land. You know, and when he got to Mount Sinai, he would have never seen the cloud and heard the glory of God and, and, and seen and received the, the Ten Commandments. He, he would have never got to Mount Nebo. Mount Nebo is where Moses stood and watched as the people went into the promised land and he saw the promised land from there. He would have never even seen it. He wouldn't have seen any of that. What would he have received? Let's say he lived the same number of years. He would have seen the back end of those sheep for the next 40 years. 
That's all he would have ever seen. That's all he would have ever done. Watch sheep. Guys, it's worth it to serve the Lord. And, and it's a strange thing that some people can never have enough of the world. But just a little bit of God seems to be enough. We ought to turn that around. We ought to desire more and more of God every, every day because that's where we see the mighty things that happen. And then he says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. You know, guys, one of the things we're not supposed to do in here is sing. I'm sorry, I'm not sure I know how to have a worship service without singing. And I don't think there's anything malicious in their telling us not to sing. It's just that those who are making the rules don't understand the importance of singing. And we talked about that a little bit earlier, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, remember a few weeks back when I told you about Isaac Watts, father challenging him to write new hymns if he thought he could do better? Here, here's one of the ones that he wrote. Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. How? Join in a song of sweet accord and thus surround the throne. And then the next verse says, let those refuse to sing who never knew our Lord. But children of the heavenly king must seek his praise abroad. There's no worship without service. There's no service without worship. And then he says, we're to be a people of thanks. Know God. Know that the Lord himself is God. They know who God is. And when we know who God is, we can be people of thanks. They know that God created them. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. You know, we're not self-created. God created us. I just finished reading a marvelous book. I recommended it to those in the Bible study on Wednesday night. I know Jennifer's reading it because in my Kindle I always see how far along she is when I start it. But it's about the existence of God. And it just talks about the absolute bankruptcy of atheism and and the obvious truths of God as creator and of God of the universe. Uh, and, you know, there are a lot of folks who think that's not important. But folks, in these words, in the beginning, God created, they're the foundation of everything else that's in the Bible. If it's not true that God created, it's not true that Jesus saves your soul. It is it is part of, of everything. Uh, and they know that they're God's people. We are his people and we're the sheep of his pasture. And, and they know, as we know, God loves you. God made you. God sent his son to save you. God wants you to go and dwell with him in eternity forever. And he awaits our worship, our service, our thanksgiving. And there's a pattern there. Enter the gates with thanksgiving, becoming a thankful people. Thanksgiving is, is a practice we cannot afford to discard, even when the going gets tough. 
with thanksgiving, with gratitude, comes a whole benefit. Greater awareness of God's presence, increased trust, increased joy, decreased anxiety, the energy that comes when we feel beaten down. It, it, we refuel ourselves with thanksgiving. And there's praise. Come to his courts with praise. We've talked to praise. Shout and serve and sing. Blessings. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Even in the wrong things, even in the bad things, we need to give thanks to God. Matthew Henry, long, long, long ago preacher, back in the 1600s, I think, uh, he was robbed one night. And that night that he was robbed, this is what he wrote in his diary. I was robbed tonight. Let me be thankful. And then he gave four things that he was thankful for in having been robbed. Can you read that? First, he says, I'm thankful because I was never robbed before. <laughs> Second, I'm thankful because although he took my purse, he did not take my life. Third, I'm thankful because although he took everything I possessed, it wasn't much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed and not I who robbed. You know, so he found four things to be thankful in being mugged and somebody coming and taking his stuff. And so then there, there's, there's a person to thanks. It's not just a, a thanksgiving or being thankful. It's a person that we thank. It is God for the Lord is good. Do you believe God is good? Amen. You know, we need to believe that God is good and that what he has for us is best. If there's just one word, one thing that I could impress on everybody is that God is good. God is good to you. God is good to us. He is merciful. His mercy is everlasting. You know, a lot of people think that we have church in order to keep us from feeling, or in order to keep us feeling guilty so we'll be better people. But you know, that's not the purpose of church. Church is not to make you feel guilty. Church is a place that you can go to get rid of your guilt. The function of redemptive love, God's love, and man's love is not to make the sinner feel better about his past. It's to give him back his future. That's why we go to church. To be forgiven of the past. Not to feel better about the past. But to be forgiven of our past so we can face the future. And that God is faithful. He's faithful to all generations. And Paul is talking about this to the church and, and God's faithfulness in 2 Corinthians. He says, just thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. I read about a Thanksgiving dinner where each attendee was asked to tell one thing that they were thankful for. I've been in places like that, haven't you? You try to, okay, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? 
And people gave thanks for families and for food and the fellowships and the jobs. And then one little old lady spoke up and she said, I am thankful for two perfectly good teeth, one in my upper jaw and one in my lower jaw that match so I can chew my food. You know, we can all be thankful for something. We can find something to be thankful for. In Luke, we, we read about the ten men with leprosy. You remember that? Who called out to Jesus, and Jesus healed the ten men of leprosy. Then he told them to go uh, and present themselves to the priest, and they would be declared clean of their leprosy. And the ten left, and, and the story says that of all, of all the ten that left, all the ten that he healed, only one came back to give him thanks. And when he did... Jesus said this to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you whole. Now, if you think about that, that that can be kind of a strange statement. Why did Jesus say that to him? It wasn't his faith that healed him, because all ten of them were healed. It wasn't his thanks that got rid of the leprosy, because all ten of them were healed of their leprosy. And he was already healed when he came back. But Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. And the reason was, guys, he wasn't just talking about the physical healing. He was talking about a mental and a spiritual one. His life was transformed because he had thanks for the one who gave it. That's one reason it's good to have thanksgiving. We're made whole by our faith and our thanksgiving. Psychologists tell us that sincere gratitude, thanksgiving, is the healthiest of all human emotions. So putting the thanks in thanksgiving begins with knowing the Lord and being thankful to Him. We put a song in our service, a joy in our worship, you know, there was, a, there was a song years ago, and I, I went back and looked at the verse, verses today, this morning. It starts out, Bobby McFerrin read it, and it was, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry, be happy. In every life we have some trouble, but when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Well, you know, I don't know if you can just be happy, but you can just be thankful. You can give thanks. And if you know God, and you know that He's good, and you know that His mercy is forever, and you know that He will be faithful to every generation, you can be thankful. Huh? Somebody say amen. Amen. All right.